Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. Good morning, Love Life. Are y'all excited? You better get excited, because I've got an exciting thing. You know, I like the, um, the song we just sang, that he'll never let you down. You know, it's it's very important to note uh, just on that statement, he'll never let you down, um, because honestly, most Christians believe God has let them down. And it's not because it's true, it's because it's what they believe. This is very important because I'm going to tell you right now, just Put this in your mind, put this in your heart. Religion lets people down. God will never let you down. Never. Religion will let you down. God will never let you down. The reason why this is so important to understand is is most Christians have religious understanding of God, which Because of that false truth or that false understanding, it doesn't work. So, in essence, God let me down. Wrong views of God create an attitude of God let me down. And because of that, people blame God. People speak about God in a way that totally contradicts Scripture. So... What we have to do is we have to clear this up because, listen, once you get God on the bad side of your life, in other words, you determine that he's bad, there is no more receiving. So what happens is you rob yourself of his blessings. You do it. And that's so sad because it's, there's, There's tens of thousands of Christians out there that are literally robbing themselves of God's ability. And we think, well, God's this, and God can do this, and God can do that. God does what he says, and he doesn't cross those lines. That's what people do. But God will never cross his line. God's perfect. So what he does is he writes out the information of perfection, and then he will abide by that. And the problem we have in Christianity is is there's a whole lot of beliefs that God isn't even tied to as far as Scripture. And so they're going to let you down. And we don't want to be those type of people. We want to know that God will never let me down. 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 I mean, one of the clearest Scriptures that, that secured me in this is his word says, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Why would he say that? If he's a God that's going to let me down, why would he say, I'm going to be with you forever? I'm never going to leave you. And then he has the comments of, you know, I don't want you to fear. I don't want anxiety. I don't want you to stress out. I want you to cast all your care. Why is he talking this way, scripturally talking to me this way, but letting me down? Does that even make sense? It doesn't, does it? And that's what religion does. Religion gives you information that doesn't make sense to Scripture. And we don't want to be that way. We want to know the truth. And the truth does what? It sets us free. Amen? 
And I want to be free in everything. So this morning, I'm moving toward the, the area of action in church. And the title of it is Stress-Free Living. The subtitle this morning is called this, From Owner to Steward, From Owner to Steward. And this is so, so vital and important for our lives because there are a lot of Christians that don't connect the dots of how to have this type of life, stress-free living. How many would life, like a stress-free life? All right, a few of you want one. Okay, I can, I can pray and stand in faith for you to have more stress, but um, I'll just agree with the ones that don't want it. I don't want to have that stress. And the problem, now I'm not talking about stress that is a beneficial stress. And that, I'm not talking about stress of, I have stress when I'm lifting a weight, there's a stress. I have stress in when I'm doing something that's pushing my limits. That's not the stress I'm talking about. I'm talking about stress that brings anxiety, fear, worry, doubt. Everybody got that? Which, by the way, medical science has proven 100% that it will cause sickness and disease. So it's not from God, is it? No, and that's why the Bible says, I don't want you to have stress. I don't want you to have anxiety. I don't want you to have it. It's all through the Bible, out of the words of Jesus and all through the New Testament. God wants us to have a stress-free life. I want a stress-free life. Now, as I always say, it's so important, so important to look at the statistics of the world we live in, because that literally establishes a pattern of society. I'm not living in the 50s, right? We don't live in the 30s, the 40s. We don't live in the 1800s, all right? That, why is that important? Because they had different stress factors. I want to see in our society, what are things that cause stress? Because that's what's going to affect me. Do you, want, do you know what the number one cause of stress in people's lives is? Number one, money. Number one, by far. The second is personal relationships, which is 25%. Number one, money. And what does that mean? It means what you already know. Money produces stress in our lives. You already know this. Does God know this? Now, do you believe that money causes stress in the 1950s or 1930s? Yes. What about the 1800s? Yes. Why? Why would money cause stress? Think about it. Because everything connected to natural life is tied to money. If you don't have food, it's because of money. Clothing, money. Housing, money. It's been that way for thousands of years. Tied to what? Money. Now do you understand? Money is connected to the natural way of life. When you look at poverty, how do you define poverty? Lack of what? Lack of money. And what does poverty produce? And you'll see the highest statistics of steal, kill, and destroy. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because of poverty, not, not because of culture, not because of color, because of poverty. And what is poverty? Lack of money. Interesting. So when we look at this, 
And understand this, throughout the world, you will see highest level of steal, kill, and destroy will always be in poverty. The highest causers of steal, kill, and destroy will always be connected to, exactly, always. So in relationship to this, we have to understand that this didn't take God by surprise because this is how it's been for thousands of years. So what we do is we look at what is God's answer to a number one cause of stress? Because y'all know, don't, don't come to church and then act dumb. Come to church and be real, right? Why? Because this is life. What is Christianity? What is this word we're, we're talking about? Life. Once we connect the dots that it is life, then we turn off religion. We turn off the goofiness of church. And we start realizing this is so important to understand. This is the gathering of believers. Remember, I, I, I've, I've taught that when you look at this, you look at the truths of Scripture, it's not about church in a religious concept. It's about a gathering of people of like mind, people that want to learn this information. Why? Because we want to have what Jesus said he came to give us. Life and life more abundantly. Connect the dots and you start looking at it. Stress-free living. You start looking at the, the, the cause of Christ, being free, um, the, the, the process of living this life, not being encumbered by the weights of this society, but being free. I don't give you this heavy laden life, Jesus says. I give you peace, peace that passes all understanding. I mean, everything about the walk in this faith should be good. A Christian shouldn't be walking around like they've been sucking on lemons all day. And I understand there are trials and tribulations. My goodness, everybody gets them because that's what the Bible said will happen. And especially when you're doing good for God, there's gonna be more attacks to try to get you not to do good for God. I always recognize that. Living a spirit-filled, faith, uh, a mature Christian walk doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. That's not a sign of maturity having no problems. You have the ability to handle the problems in a different way than if you're immature. Because immaturity is going to, create, is going to operate in what? Emotionalism. Isn't that what a toddler does? How do they deal with issues? Almost like a teenager, right? But isn't that true? Emotional. And so what we do is we have to look at Scripture because this is what God's shown me. I mean, we're talking about us. We are love life. We're his church here. And I want to impact not only our lives, but I want to impact this city, this area for the cause of Christ. Now, what's that going to require? Oh, don't be scared now. It's going to require money. How can I feed someone if I don't have it? I know God knows this because he talks about it more than he talks about heaven and hell. I know Christians don't like to hear that, but it's a fact. Way more. But what do we have to do? We have to look at Scripture. Not the, the, the Christian TV preachers that are trying to you know, rob Christians. 
I'm talking about true scripture principles of being a steward, being someone that's following what are the teachings of Jesus. And when we do that, then and only then are we going to have this type of life. I want it. I want this more than anything in the world. And I know what debt will produce. It won't produce stress-free living, will it? No. Debt will destroy. It is a position of slavery. And that's a fact. And we need to learn how to not see debt as something good. We have to hate debt. Yes, I understand there are specific times when you have an acceptable debt. And acceptable debts would be tied to like a house. You know, usually people don't have a hundred grand just to be able to throw down on a house, right? So the point is, is this. Listen, honestly, don't look at it as a fable or a fantasy. But honestly, I believe our responsibility is to believe and get to the place where we can be debt-free even in our houses. I think that would be an honorable way to look at life. Have vehicles, we're not paying debt because you are a slave to the person you're in debt to. And we need to realize what does God's word tell us? And it does teach us about this. I'm not saying if you have debt, you're going to hell, all right? I mean, it's a close call, but you know, no, I'm just kidding, but you won't. But what I'm saying is, is it's going to, you're going to experience more hell in debt. Um, it, it's, it's something that in society we don't want to pay attention to, especially in the United States. We're right now, I guess today, we're $23 trillion in debt. And you know what most, most young people do? <laughs> Keep making money. But see, they've lost the understanding or they've never been taught economics. And the thing you all need to understand is, is there's no such thing as just going, okay, well, let's, we'll just get rid of it. You know, like loans, we'll just get rid of it. it. So it's all better, it's gone now. You need to recognize that when it comes to the world and every nation in the world, you can't just create your own money and everything's okay. See, that's the concept of a person that is so ignorant about how life operates. And the thing is, is the debt will come due. It's going to come due. And it's going to be a massive, a massive destruction in the U.S. society if it isn't fixed. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to be what is true. And if you're living this life of thinking that it's no big deal, just keep providing, keep, keep making money, you never learn. And it's amazing how many college kids don't even understand this. They look at it as, well, just, it's no big deal. Just wipe it away. It don't work that way. It will collapse. So what does that mean to us? It means that first and foremost, I'm not a part of this system, but I operate in it. So I have to get myself in a position where I'm in a strong position. And if it falls there, I'm not going to fall. And that's where we all need to be, right? So what do we need to do? Number one is we have to get rid of religious concepts 
and get the truth of God's word. Because I know God wants us to be secure no matter how the economy is. I believe with all my heart. I've got biblical proof in that. I want parents to understand these truths so we can train up our kids in the correct way. To understand what, it, what is necessary to truly be successful and live a stress-free life. But if we go through life with our heads covered and buried and, and we don't want to look at those kind of stuff and, and act like it's not there, it doesn't matter. It's there. Like I said, it's like gravity. You don't have to believe in it. But go on top of your roof and jump and go, I don't believe in it, so it won't work. See what happens. Gravity is going to go, I don't care. You're coming down, right? And so we have to understand Scripture. I want you to look at this in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, you got true godliness. Now remember, I've, I, when you hear the term godliness or live a godly life, don't define it with religion. The definition, the Greek language of godliness is doing it the way God would do it. That's godliness, doing it the way God would do it or have a God mind in how you're living. Okay, you got that? Because religion equates it to holiness, never doing anything wrong, not sinning. That's not godliness, I'm sorry. But our concept of godliness is exactly what Scripture teaches. We have to have that attitude of doing things his way. It says, true godliness with contentment. That means being satisfied. True godliness with being satisfied is itself great wealth is itself great wealth. Now, I can stop there and I can bring statistics in right now of, of how, how many rich people and people with money overdose, kill themselves, suicide, uh, uh, can't have any type of relationship last more than a year. Why? They got all the money in the world. Because money doesn't produce the joy, happiness, freedom, peace. It will never produce that. No matter how much you think, well, if I had some, it'd make things better. That's not true. You see, how did it get worse? Or how did it get bad? Accidentally? No, you created it. Getting money doesn't stop, make you good. You are who you are until you change. So if you're bad without money, you're going to be bad with money. And ultimately have no money again. It's just a fact of life. So let's, let's don't live a naiveness of life. Let's live as men and women of wisdom. Amen? You guys agree with that? Okay. So he says, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world. And we can't take anything with us when we leave it. You guys got that, right? You didn't bring nothing in. And when you leave, everything stays. It's so important to understand that. So if we have enough food and clothing, let's be content. Be satisfied. Everybody wants to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, Larry and Glenda got it all, man. But, you know, the statement is, is exactly what happens. They, they took statistics, psychology, of, of people in lower income that moved into a higher level income neighborhood, and they have a high percentage of of um, suicide rate because they're doing everything to try to become something they're not, which ultimately becomes what? Becomes you can't do it. So you lose hope. 
These are interesting things, aren't they? So what do we have to do? Let's allow the word of God to set us straight, amen? People who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish, harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. You guys are, you know, some of you have been in church for a while. Some of you, you know, you're new to church. I've been doing this a long time. All these scriptures I've seen played over and over in people's lives. I've seen it over and over again. The stories I tell are stories that I could talk, talk about, not about one person, but many people I've seen do that. I've seen people go and believe God, have nothing, all of a sudden they become prosperous and then drop God. I've seen it over and over, right? And, and this is the concept of a Christian. I would never do that. Yeah, that's what everybody says. From the point of God, if you do this, I'll never do that, which y'all know Christians stick to that promise, don't they? Just keep your eyes looking straight. But you know that to be true. Anybody ever promise God something and then not fulfill that promise? Exactly. Thank God it's about grace, amen? <laughs> not about me following through with my promise. I've just learned, heck, I'm not even gonna promise. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I, I'm not promising nothing, God. I'll just, just take care of it, but I'm not promising nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. He says this, moves into, for the love of money, that's a fixed desire or passion. In other words, you're so consciously thinking about money is the root of all kinds of evil. Is the root of all kinds of evil. Interesting, huh? A root produces. The root produces. So when you love money, you're actually stating in a position of where it's structure. It's a foundation in your life, which then is going to produce not good things. Don't, we don't want to ever love money. We want to control, but not be in control of it. And there's only one way you can do that, and that's have it settled here, from here to here, and understand the purpose of it. God's not about you not being able to be rich. He's about you being rich here to have the rich actions. Riches, according to God, is always gonna produce good, always. So he's not against riches, but he is against the attitude toward how to get riches or what we're doing with our time in our life. We can't waste our time just fantasizing or, for, or pushing our life toward money, 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 money. We don't want to do that. It is biblically, it shows us in Scripture that it brings destruction. So you don't want to ever do that. I can say, listen, I, this is so crazy. But people are going to go through this life working, 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 working. The kids all of a sudden grow up and out, and they're living a life of, of pain because they didn't spend time with their kids because all they did was work. Not some, majority. I mean, so we're working to get toys, but we don't have the ability to do what is the most important thing, and that's spend time with our kids. Not just out doing things, but time, and that's so vital, amen? It says here, 
For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people, believers. Now, this is the Bible teaching us that believers craving money have wandered from the true faith. Watch what happens. I've seen this, people. I'm not talking about just a Bible story scripture. I'm telling you, I've seen this over and over and over. This exact thing happened. They wander from the true faith, and they pierce themselves with many sorrows. When you look at that Greek language, it's the first time this word is used. It's not used anywhere else in the word pierced. It's not used anywhere else in the New Testament, which makes it very, very interesting because it is relating to this and this only. And it is actually a picture of, you know how you take a skewer and you slam it into meat to keep meat connected and stuff? It's a picture of this. The Greek language literally says this, that the craving and loving of money causes the wandering from the truth, faith, and it pierces themselves everywhere, all around, torturing the soul over and over and over. That's the Greek it literally will drive little rods into your soul. Not one time, but many times all around your life. That don't sound like free living, does it? No. Now, who are these people? People that were walking with Jesus, believing his word. No problem. God's prosperity comes because you're following God's word. But all of a sudden, they start chasing the money. And when they start chasing the money, what do they do? Church attendance is one of the first things to start waning, starts going further up. The ability to stay connected to what do we need to do to stay mature and strong in the Lord starts being pushed aside. We don't spend time with God. We don't talk. We don't, we don't do the things that we need to do. Like, Joshua, like God told Joshua, every day, all the time, Think about my word. Think about my covenant. Think about what I want to do in your life. Meditate on them day and night. Be strong and good courage to do these things. And you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That's what God told Joshua entering into the promised land. That's in relation to us. We entered in the promised land, but we have to do what? Be strong and of good courage. So what happens is when people start chasing money, the Bible's very clear. You'll start releasing what is necessary for success? It'd be like, in the, I want to be a successful computer engineer, but I'm going, only going to go to class once a month. Now, can you make it? I doubt it. It's going to take a long, 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 long time, but most likely it ain't going to happen. Now, we know that natural, and we go, of course, that's not going to be. I want to be a doctor, but I'm going to go to only one class once a month. How long is it going to take to be a doctor? You ain't going to become a doctor. You're, you're not going to. It, it takes long enough going all the time, right? It's like 12 years. or I mean, it's just crazy. So you do one class a month. So you look at that, and we're all cool with that. We're all going, yeah, that's ridiculous. It ain't going to happen. All of a sudden, when we look at Christianity, we go, oh, religion, church. It don't work that way. It's exactly the same way. Why? Because it's 
life exactly the same way. And I'm not talking about memorizing scripture. I'm not talking about religiously doing stuff in your head. I'm talking about living this correctly. This is a life manual. So I'm gonna understand, what is God telling me? What does he want me to know? What do I need to follow through with? Because ultimately, what does he wanna do with me? According to what I see is, is he wants me to be an influence. He wants me to be someone that cannot be tied to a debt or tied to a borrowing position, but in a position of strength so that I can make an impact. Most people, if, if Guatemala called and said, listen, we can guarantee tens of thousands to come to Jesus in two weeks, but we need 20 people to go, go there right now. And I said, we need 20 people right now. It's going to cost a few thousand dollars to get there. But 20 people right now, you know how many hands are going to go up? I'm not asking right now. Don't get scared. Very few. If any. But very few. It could be money issues. It could be I need to check with my job. I need to find nothing about what God wants, but all the things in life dictating to you. Isn't that true? Now let me ask you something. You got 10 million in the bank. Then I ask that question, what are you doing? Yeah, I'll go, and who else wants to go? <laughs> no, but I'm asking you honestly, is, is that true or not? So do you think God's out there going, I don't want that to happen. I want it to be difficult where no one can go. Now see, I believe Money with the right heart is the kingdom principle. I believe with all my heart. I don't believe he has a problem with you having uh, 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 your, your toy as long as your toy doesn't have you. I believe with all my heart. If you want a boat and take your kids out and have fun fishing and stuff, uh, you know, as long as you do it Monday through Saturday, you're cool. <laughs> you do it on Sunday, you're going to hell, brother. You know, I'm playing, kind of, sort of. But anyway, well, you won't go on work day. No way in the world. But anyway, let's move on. The point is, is this. Ultimately, what is this saying? It's saying, let's pay attention to what Scripture is showing us because I don't want to get caught where I'm being led astray by my own deceit to where all of a sudden I'm piercing myself with sorrows I don't, I don't want that in my life. So I have to look at scripture to help me. And what is that? He's saying, listen, the key ingredient is don't love money. And I'm not going to love money. I'm going to own money. But I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to follow it like a little puppy. I'm going to own it. And it's going to be used for the benefit in my life, my family, and the kingdom. Completely, all together, one thing. And that's when God will get seed to the. Now you would think it would be seed to the one that needs. That's religion. And guess what? That's the way most Christians think. Well, I have a greater need, so God needs to give it to me. That's not how God works. He doesn't work that way. So what we have to do is look at what does scripture teach. Psalms 119.35 says this. Help me walk along the right paths for I know how delightful they really are. 
Help me to prefer obedience to making money. Help me to prefer obedience to making money. Turn me away from wanting any other plan than yours. Revive my heart toward you. Reassure me that your promises are for me, for I trust and revere you. And that's David saying, I want to stay on track. I want to stay on track to recognizing what my responsibility is as someone that, that can have money, that has money. And that's what he says. He makes it very clear. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Listen, when it comes to what I'm talking about, I'm going to teach us what it means to relinquish ownership to stewardship. Relinquish ownership to stewardship. Because what happens is, is we forget that God owns everything. It's in his word that he owns everything. Everything that you enjoy in life came from him. The diamond you love came from his coal. The pearl you love came from his what? Oyster. The car you drive came from his minerals. The paper money you have came from his trees. The life you live, breathe, comes from his air. Everything, everything comes from God. Everything, everything you enjoy. And that's what, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. It's God. God created it. Everything we have belongs to him. Understand that. But when he engages with us, he engages in what he has taught us in his word, the understanding of faith. Everything about the success and maturity of our life is tied to the position of faith. And that is believing him, trusting him. Can I believe and trust him? One of the things that really paints a really clear picture, uh, Jesus talks in parables and he does it to help us understand. He takes complicated things and make them simple. Religion takes simple things and makes them complicated. No, I mean serious. Jesus makes it easy. And he would teach parables for the sake of helping us understand something. Well, parables are something that I relate to. I like story. And when I read scripture and when I'm doing this, I, play, I get in the story always. This is something I do all the time. I get in the story. Sometimes I'll go to sleep and I'll get in that story where I get so caught up in the story I forget to go to sleep. And other times in the story so quick I go to sleep real quick. But either way, I'm, I want to place myself in that. I, wanna, I try to smell, feel, taste, touch. Everything about this because I want it to become real to me. I don't want it to be paper outside. I want to be life inside. And that's how I do this. That's how I started connecting with God in the greatest way. It became real to me. It's not just this book. This is life to me. Life completely. And so I receive it in that manner. And it helps. But what we do is, is we look at this thing. We go, okay, help me understand. Well, one of the helps is having teenagers in your home. Great parables. And we'll be sitting down. We might get something from a restaurant or even our own food or something. 
And I'll reach over and maybe look something at their plate might look sort of better than what I have. And all of a sudden they're moving their plate like, no, it's mine. I even, you know, if it's a French fry on a grand format, it's like checking how many am I going to take? But see, they don't understand. I'll be the owner. I, I, they don't get it. They don't have any of this without me. Nothing. And for their attitude to go, mine, no, 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 no. Now they're, they're, they don't, they don't openly go, don't you do that. They know better. But I've, I've had the, you know, the words like, what, don't you have your own? You know, you know trying to skate around. Don't be touching my food. You eat your own food. But see, the concept is the understanding we need to have. See, God owns everything. We're only stewards. If you look at it correctly, in a, in, a, in a right manner, in the ownership of God, we're tied to connection with his ownership, by the way. But think about it this way. Ownership requires more responsibility, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like if, if we go up to north and we want to go in a cabin, if I own that cabin, I'm going to have a whole lot of stuff I'd take care of in that cabin. I'd have to take care of everything, landscape, everything. If something breaks down, if something's not fixed, and I'm not even living there, it's just part-time. But ownership requires so much more. Now, if I go to someone else's cabin, anything, I don't have to do nothing. All I have to do is enjoy myself. Why? Because it's not mine. I'm a steward. All I do is take care of what, you know, what's, what's available for me, and if something messes up, something breaks, they got to come fix it. I like that a lot, a whole lot. But when we look at these examples and we start realizing, wait a minute. God owns everything. I'm a steward. And then he shows us in a word what that means. And he teaches us. And he starts showing us the kingdom of heaven is like. And he talks about talents. The kingdom, God gave Five talents, three talents, one talents, which talent, that's a new King James, King James. It's a terrible translation. It's actually money. And the money that, it, that God gives, and he's showing this kingdom principle, he says the owner gives to his employees some money. Each one connected to about a day's wage. All right? So in the process of giving, he said, I will give five to this one, not just out of guessing, but because he knew that this one had the ability to handle five. He gave three to this one because he knew this one had the ability to handle three. And he gave one to this one because this one had the ability to handle one. God's only going to give you ability to your ability. We want, you know, Rolls Royce money and you, you, you have a hard time with Kia. Are you hearing me? God doesn't work that way. So what we have to do is we have to, it's, it's not his desire, it's our ability. I can change my ability. Why? Because we see, it, we see it in scripture. So what he does is he hands it off to their ability and then he leaves. And he comes back with the expectation of what does God expect? Fruitfulness. He always expects when we receive something, fruitfulness. 
God's about fruitfulness. And what, is it, what happens? The five guy, he does great, doubles. The three guy doubles. But the one guy, he said, I ain't messing around. I'm going to stick it in the earth and wait till he comes back and I'll give it back to him. And then what does the scripture show? The scripture shows that the, 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 the owner was not happy with this guy. The kingdom of heaven is like, what was the problem? The problem is he wasn't operating in the principles of the kingdom of heaven. That is what? When God gives you, he's expecting increase. So what is our understanding? Well, I need to understand that when it comes to God, no matter what he's talking about, life, daily principles, ties, his desire is to bring increase in my life. But I've got to put him first. I've got to trust him. And it is so clear on what happens because he goes to the guy and he says, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And what is so interesting is, is that the guy comes up with the reasons and excuses. I say you're this way, and I say you're that way, and I say, and he goes, well, if you believed all that, then you should at least put it in the bank and made interest on it. He never said he was that way. That guy believed he was that way. What does that tell you? It tells you in the kingdom of heaven, there are people that look at God in a certain way. Fear, worry, doubt. God never said, that's who I am. He said, if you felt that way, then you should have operated in a different principle of success. But you buried it in the dirt, and that's in reference to you buried it into the world system. And it will not produce that way. If you do it my way, my wisdom, my actions are going to bring increase into this, 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 this finance. And that's what the Bible teaches. God isn't messing around. He's, listen, we already know the natural principles of poverty. We already know the natural principles of wealth. We know the natural principles. There is a place to be financially sound and have more than enough to give into every good work and have your heart and mind lined up correctly. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what God's looking for. It's the ones that allow the money to overcome their heart. And you can do that. You can go out and get another job. You can, you can chase money. And sometimes you can find it, sometimes you won't, but you can do that. But statistically, it's so, this is such a fact that it isn't going to produce what you're really inwardly desiring. It will never produce it. It's not going to produce that peace, that happiness, that joy, that ability to have hope for a future because of money. I see people with money and stock and everything freaking out daily, and they got money, and they're freaking out. And does that make sense? No, not at all. I'm thinking, man, just give it to me. You won't freak out. I'll never freak out. But the point is, is what do we do? We get away from this word. And we lose the ability to let God's word clarify and bring peace. And that's what we need to do. Now, of course, there's no way going to be taught in one day. Because I'm not looking at a gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy message. Okay? I'm not one of those TV preachers that are conning people out of their money. And I'm telling you right now, majority of them all are conning you. Or they're misinterpreting scripture for the sake of their needs. 
and I'm just not, not going to do it. I want to present the scripture so you have a clarity of it, so that you understand God's heart. And that's the only way that this can become successful in your life. The only way. And I know the principles of God's word. And when we look at it clearly, it is so beautiful. Remember, God is love. That means every action in his word is tied to that. And I want that. I want that love and operation. You look at divorce, it's a second cause of divorce, leading cause of divorce, money issues. Infidelity is number one. Now think about that. It's bringing destruction and stress in the lives of countless millions of people. God's word talks about it and says, I can give you, I can promise you a stress-free opportunity. I want that. I want it because it's what he wants for me. But I need to get it right. I need to give the information correctly. Because I don't want to turn anything in God's word into a legalistic action. I want it to be life. I want it to be a process. Giving in my life, my family's life, is something we do. It's life. It's not hard. It's not difficult. We, it, we have a beautiful example in our boys and their attitude only because we started real early in the area of things. And ever since they were little, they have no issues of giving anything they have. If it's going to benefit or bless someone or benefit someone they know, they'll take what they love and just give it to someone. Now, listen, it's not because they're perfect. It's because they were trained. They don't know no better, and they're not going to learn no better. But that's their heart. Now i got to work on other areas. But that's the job of a parent, right? They're not perfect, but there are certain areas that they've grabbed hold of. And I'm so proud of them because they're that way. If I said, we want to give all your toys, everything in your room, everything. We want to give them because there's some people. They'll do it. And they know their dad's like God. He'll just get us more. But see, I know that about my father. I can get rid of my closet. And I know for a fact, I'm going to get all kinds. I, I've done this over and over. I'm going to do it again real soon. And I know I'm going to get, I'll get everything better returned. It is, it's beautiful, but it's how God works. He gives seed to the sower. And so when you realize these principles and not realize God doesn't want anything from you, he wants to be able to bless you. But there has to be a conduit. There's an avenue tied to faith. Without faith, it is impossible to operate in the kingdom. You can't do it. Without faith, you can't even operate in the kingdom of God. You had to have faith to receive Jesus. So in the, in the context of faith, there has to be an avenue to be able to operate in faith. And what God does is he says, 10%. That's what he starts with, 10%. And then you go from there and you look at everything about him and his desires connected to my life. Sabbath, one day. Six is yours, one day mine. Daily life, seek first the kingdom of God. One part me. Rest part you. I'm telling you, everything, well, I mean, think about this way. God did a whole bunch of work on six days, right? Seventh day rest. But he did a whole lot in six. That means ultimately he can 
impact me and bless me in six more than I can do in seven. It is a principle of God. Just like, for instance, a natural principle parable, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A made $4 billion last year. KFC, $2 billion. Popeye's even less. Think about this. They're open only six days a week. Oh, that's not it. You know how many stores KFC has? Like 26,000 in 130 countries. Chick-fil-A, 2,300. Doubled what KFC did. No chicken's that much better than another chicken. I mean, Chick-fil-A's good, right? Chick-fil-A's good. Hey, granted, it is. But y'all know, no way in the world. No way in the world. What's the principle? They put God first. You can, you can clown it all you want. You can try to flip it and spin it all you want. It is, a, it is a fact the world hates. And so they detest them for doing what? Taking one day off. They hate them. Keep them out of our colleges. Why? And they relate it to everything that Chick-fil-A isn't about. It's only because of God, and they hate God. And our colleges today, even Christian ones, hate God. They detest them. Even the Christian colleges, it's the Yale, Harvard. You all know those are Christian colleges, right? Most people don't. Yeah, at one time, they were all Christian colleges. What happened? Man, when he gets involved, he starts pushing God out. And all of a sudden, God's nowhere to be found. All you have to do is study. You look at, the, look at the history of these. You'll find out that's exactly how they started. Loving God, serving God. Ultimately, hating God. The principles of Scripture will work, and they'll work in our lives. It's more than just a money thing. It's a life thing. And I'm telling you, watch this unfold. Next Sunday, you'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm not pressuring, pushing anybody. I'm going to show you stuff that you're going to go, oh my gosh, I need to engage in everything about this because it is going to do nothing but bless me. It's going to do nothing but benefit me. It's going to do nothing but bring health and success to my life. All because I'm abiding by what the scripture teaches. And we always have to be on guard of legalism and everything good in God's word. So we will protect that as well. I'm just saying this is going to be a beautiful journey. And I'm glad you guys are with me. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.